Thank you for that, Lance. Boy, did I ever tell you how happy I am to be part of Grace Baptist Church? <clears throat> did I ever tell you that? I sure am. I think that the Grace Baptist Church family is the best family in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And there's um, no other place I'd rather be. It's great to be with uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord and familiar faces. We uh, come to church Sundays and Wednesdays and call each other brother or sister. Um, it's great to feel the kindred spirit of church family. And this is something that the world knows nothing of. They, they have their little fraternities and their clubs and their get-togethers, and they're usually centered around some activity, uh, some hobby, some sport, maybe even if it's a drinking or drugs or something like that. Some of them uh, center around singing and making music. And um, for the, the most part, you know, these things are fine, except the, uh, the drugs and drinking part I don't care for. Don't think that's fine, but um, many, many other things that are fine, but they're missing the bigger picture, and that's the Lord. We get together uh, week by week, Sunday, Wednesday, we get together. It's the Lord's house. And, uh, you know, uh, there's something more than just singing. There's something more than just kind of being uh, one with another, and that's being with the Lord. And the Lord is experienced in the presence of his people. And that's a, a biblical truth that we need to, to know and to remember, that the Lord is in this place. And you, you will get here what you won't get off a of TV. If you're sick, you need to stay home, you need to watch on the uh, services. By the way, we're wanting to do a big upgrade to our services. If you've ever watched, it, you know, the picture's kind of grainy and sometimes it, your thing freezes up on you there. Well, we have a plan in mind to fix that once and for all. And so stay tuned. Um, but uh, if you're sick, you have to stay at home and watch online. But it's not the same, folks. It's just not the same as being here. It's so important. And I'm so thrilled when we get to hear from one of the other pastors. Uh, Pastor Silver has come to, um, to mean a lot to all of us. He means a lot to me. And I really appreciate him. He's the, um, uh, the pastor of our college in career, and he's doing a fine job there. And he's also the vice president of our Bible college, British Columbia Baptist College. And he's doing an excellent job there. And so it's our privilege to hear from our dear brother and hear the message God has laid on his heart. So Pastor Silver, you come now and preach to our hearts. Thank you, Pastor. We'll start uh, preaching this evening in the word of prayer. And uh, you can remain seated as we come to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you are the source of wisdom, the source of understanding from your word. And that's why we come into you and asking for your grace, asking, Lord, for your guidance as we ponder upon your word. Lord, help us to to understand it according to the Holy Spirit and give us the grace as we hear the truths, as we learn uh, one, one, another, one another that we may be able to live for you. And even, Lord, 
to be a bearer of light to, to, to this fallen and darkened world. Father, I pray that you will bless uh, the remaining uh, time that we have this evening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So I entitled the, the message this evening, The Word Was Made Flesh. The Word Was Made Flesh. And I don't know if you know already where I'm going. Okay, so, uh, but before you go there in the passage that we were going to talk this evening, many Christians have their own favorite verse or passage, right? I don't know about you, but I have mine, okay? It is in one of them. I have um, lots of uh, favorite verse. One of them is in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. And the word of God says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So if I ask you, actually, if, if I ask someone, who can give you, me, I think, their favorite verse? Okay, can someone? It's, I think it's, uh, it's okay to, you know, to give uh, a verse from me. Okay, someone can give? Okay, anyone? Pastor? John 3.30. Well, I'm not... <laughs> I didn't memorize that, but that's his... Um, um, <laughs> yes, he must increase. Uh, I must decrease. Yes, exactly. Okay, so anyone else? Yes. Uh, Miss Janet? I, I'm sorry? Psalm 23. That's a very good psalm. Brother Dog. Okay, so all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So we have, I think all of us and most Christians have their favorite passage. And, and even so favorite that we sometimes make it as an own life verse. I remember, I remember uh, during, um, you know, when I was growing up in the church, um, you know, those are grown-ups would always say, oh, my life verse is this. And I kind of think, oh, what's the, is life verse a really big deal to the Christian? <laughs> okay. okay, so, so um, but I have my own life verse. So it's in Proverbs 3, chapter 5, verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy, uh, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall, he shall direct thy paths. So every one of us have this memory verses, favorite memory verses. And, um, but I have this, uh, we were going to talk about this evening, the, one of the amazing verse that can be found in the scripture. It is in, please turn your Bibles in John chapter 1, because we're talking about the word was made flesh. And I believe you know where I'm going. It's in verse... Okay, 14. Okay, John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word of God says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, 
the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, so this season of Christmas, we always talked about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm kind of thinking um, what, to, what to talk about during this season. Okay, because uh, most of the time, people tend to forget the real meaning why we celebrate Christmas. But brothers and sisters in the Lord, whatever else Christmas means to you, let us not forget. It is first and fundamentally about the doctrine of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. You can't do away with that truth. It is one of our fundamental beliefs and teaching about the incarnation of Lord Jesus Christ. So, tech, so you can see this Christmas, Jesus Christ is the reason for celebrating Christmas. And that's the one that uh, we are going to talk about. So I don't know about you, but no gifts, no family gathering, no vacation, no any other thing can compare for this reason. Gifts and family, or family gathering or vacation is, is uh, are, uh, are, I mean, are good, right? Uh, don't get me wrong, but the world is trying to convince our minds that all we have to do is what we can get, right? And that's why there's, uh, I don't know, a lot of sale going on, right? Because, you know, I have to have this. I have to have that, okay? So, but, so the essence, the real meaning of celebrating this wonderful Christmas um, dumbed down or even uh, they forget what's the real meaning of it. But the Bible teaches us that, you know, um, the Bible teaches us that God gave His only begotten Son for us. It's according to John 3.16. And that's why John 1.14 is one of the amazing verse, verse, verse in the Bible. By amazing, I mean incomprehensible, stunning, in, an inconceivable, unfathomable truth in the Bible. Just take, just pause for a moment and think. The Word was made flesh. You know, you can think about that and spend your whole life, your lifetime, spending that truth. But you, can full, you can't fully grasp about that uh, depth of that truth, the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the passage... In, in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, John stated about Jesus Christ. Okay, he said something that, but before we dive into verse 14, um, he talked about uh, vivid truths. Okay, and I will build into that. And also, as, he, uh, as John builds his train of thoughts and started with this big truth right at the bat, he said in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. First, he stated that Jesus is divine. 
Jesus is divine. There are lots of religion, actually. If you go search on the internet, probably you know uh, some of them are individuals that denies the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. But friends, we must nail this into our hearts. If you're a Christian in this building, you have to nail this important truth in our hearts and our minds that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Jesus, the second person in the Trinity, co-essential, co-substantial, co-equal in the nature of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. So I must be bold probably if you agree with this, the statement that it is impossible that a person can get saved without acknowledging and believing that Jesus is God. But you say, I thought that uh, the saving is just about faith. Yes, it is about faith. Faith in the person of who God is and his finished work in the cross of Calvary. That's why the person gets saved because of that faith. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 30, I and my Father are one. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, for, him, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant of an, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with, with us through the righteousness of God and, save, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we can talk about all the other verses. There's a lot of verses that talks about the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's undeniably. Now, you cannot deny that, God, that Jesus is God. Okay, so people will try to convince you. Even the world will try to convince you about, you know, we came from, you know, explosion or things like that. And even, you know, even other teachings that drives us away from the truth that Jesus is, is God. So let us not forget about that really profound doctrine of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. But also, you can see there, in sec secondly, uh, not only he stated about the, the divinity of Christ, but also you can see in the first 14 chap uh, verses in chapter 1, he stated that Jesus is the light. Okay, Jesus is the light. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. As we go on in verse 9, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh in the world. Let us not forget that with the world without Christ is in darkness. The world without Christ is in darkness. Without purpose, without hope. Have you been into, uh, I've been in a certain cave and, um, you know, when you enter into a cave, there's no source of any light. And if you try to turn off your phone, pitch black. Pitch black. But then as you go and cross through that cave, at the end, you will see a light. Right? 
And how do you feel when you see that? It's like relieving. It's like hope. Oh, um, there is life there. So it comes when Jesus Christ, when, when the Bible says that he is, he is, he is the light, is actually with, with that light comes with life and hope. Life and hope. The Bible says Jesus Christ, he said, even unto his, unto his disciples, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay? Um, I heard uh, people would say, oh, you have, um, you have a good job. You have a you know, good career in life. You have a nice house, nice car. You know, everything is going on, but you lack something. Okay, lack something. It's, you know, Jesus Christ. But for me, it's... I think there's, there's, there's a mistake there. There's a mistake there. Why? Because you have this. Even you have all. Because the, the, the gospel says, how, um, even if you gain the whole world but lose his own soul, you are nothing. A person is nothing without the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, let us say, <clears throat> we can restate that, that even if you have... You don't have everything, but you have Christ, you have everything. Even, but if a person has everything here on earth, but he has no Christ in his life, his life is nothing. He will go into hell, eternity in hell. And that's why... You know, when you read the Gospels, always the Lord Jesus Christ would always encourage us that lay not your treasures here on earth, okay? Because there's, there's uh, people, there's uh, moth that would, would uh, destroy those things. But if you lay your treasures in heaven, no one and no, no other else can take that away from you. And most especially that eternal life that Jesus Christ gave to a person who put his trust to Jesus Christ. Many people tried to create their own way, their own light, their own truth, but Jesus make it clear and he make it as an exclusive. He is the only hope for you and for me. He is the only way. He is the only source of life. But not only that, and we now come into the verse 14. Thirdly, he, so first he talks about the divinity of Christ. He talks about Jesus is the light. But then third, he stated that Jesus is the incarnate one. So I'll read the verse again. In the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full, full of grace and truth. I want you to, to uh, notice something with me. Okay, let's do an observation. So if you have your Bibles, um, you are now actually in chapter 1. So go to verse 1 and we will compare verse 14. 
verse 1 and verse 14. Note the contrast. In John chapter 1, the Word of God says, In the beginning was the Word. So John 1, 1 talks about the Word was. Okay? So I, thought, I, I, um, I pray that you will get the contrast with regards to this. In John chapter 1, verse 14, the Word of God says, Was made. The Word was made. Okay? Another one is, in John chapter 1, verse 1, the Word was with God. With God. Whereas in John 1, 14, and the Word dwelt among us. Dwelt among us. In John 1, 1, the Word was God. But in John 1.14, the Word was made flesh. The Creator, eternal, unchanging God was made flesh and dwelt among us. Have you ever tried to read this passage? And, you know, just pause and think about the richness of this truth. Amazing. It's really amazing. So we must understand that the word didn't, didn't pretend to be a man or play as being human. The word was made flesh, the Bible says. The word did not beam down in full bodily form. The word did not enter into flesh as if to suggest that there was a man, right? Or a human being in which the word or Jesus Christ made entrance into that man. Doesn't state it there. The Bible doesn't say the word dwelled or abided in human flesh. What John means in that is that the eternal word, Jesus Christ, the God, a God the Son, entered into this world being born as a human being. What means by that? John speaks about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Okay, the significance of the incarnation is that two distinct nature, divine and human, are united in one person. Who is he? Jesus Christ. Jesus is not two people, right? Jesus is not two people, that God and man. He is one person, God-man. God-man. He is not schizophrenic. He is not. When the Word was made flesh, He did not cease to become the Word, to become God. He did not cease to become God. The Word veiled, hid, and voluntarily restricted the use of certain divine powers. That's what it means when it comes to the incarnation of Christ. God cannot cease to be God. He did not commit, you know, we call it divine suicide. God is, Jesus Christ is God-man. God-man. When the Word was made flesh, He was, and also when, when we talked about His, you know, you, humanity, when the Word was made flesh, he was made flesh forever. Remember when Jesus Christ resurrected? Um, Tom, Thomas is not there in the, you know, we call it prayer meeting. He was absent. I don't know where he went, 
But when he came back, he was there. Now he is there. But and notice that Jesus Christ is actually resurrected, right, during the time. And if Jesus Christ ceased to become human, can Thomas really touch Jesus Christ? No, he can't. Because if because the God divine is the spirit, right? If he ceased to be human, uh, human he cannot touch him. There's a tons of, or lots of passages that talks about um, the humanity of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ actually do hunger. He experienced pain. He experienced, you know, the same as what we experience. After his death and resurrection, Jesus did not cease to be a man. He is man even now at the right hand of the throne of God. He is 100% God, man. And he will always be 100% God-man. One theologian said, the word was made flesh. God became human. Invisible became visible. Untouchable became touchable. Eternal life experienced temporal death. Transcendent one descended and drawn near. Unlimited became limited. The infinite became finite. Immutable became mutable. Spirit became matter. Eternity entered time. The independent became dependent. The almighty became weak. The love beca became hated. The exalted was humbled. Glory was subjected to shame. Fame turned into obscurity. The, the ruler to being ruled the th from throne to the cross. Marvelous act of Jesus, isn't it? We cannot really fathom how deep his love, how a human, how, how God really reached out humanity because he knew that no one can save us from our sins. And that's why I think, you know, uh, King David really understand this. And he penned in the psalm, What is man? When I consider the heavens, the moon, the stars, that which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art, mind, that thou art mindful of him? that the son visitors. Okay, so it's really amazing how the Lord, how Jesus Christ, how God was made flesh. He did it all. He did it all. You know, he left the splendor of heaven to came down here on this earth first to glorify the Father, and he did it for you and for me. His incarnation is one of the great expression of his love toward us. The word entered, entered the depth of human ugliness, human weakness, human humiliation. Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did that came... He didn't wait that people will search him because he knew in our sinful flesh 
no one will seek after God. John 3.16, okay, a very familiar passage to you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let me encourage you this, you know, as we celebrate this wonderful season of Christmas, you know, as you gather as with your family, okay, this coming Christmas, meditate on this truth concerning the Jesus deity, that Jesus is the light, and Jesus is the incarnate one. The Word was made flesh. Let us pray.